0: This is Planet 76, your source for all things Philadelphia 76ers. We've got another great episode coming your way today, and we're cleared for takeoff. Let's go.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Planet 76, episode 88. We are back with a new Planet 76 podcast. My name is Michael, and here's Troy. As usual, your co-hosts for this lovely Sixers show that we do every sir. week. Make sure you guys subscribe. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. All of that. All the works. Troy, we have a Sixers win streak. We are in the midst of one, two, five, five straight. straight. Five straight. Yes, and yet another... Win streak for this team this year. This, this is at least the fourth, I'd say, five plus win streak of yeah. the year. I could be wrong there, but I think that's accurate.
0: Yeah, they're doing well. Um, hard to find anything to complain about, right? Five game streak for the Sixers. Yeah, um, right and what I was just thinking before we, you know, before we started recording, you know, as you look at the the teams they're playing and what they're doing. Um, but they're 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 winning games they're supposed to be winning and so I think it's it's fitting to say the Sixers are taking care of business Um, you know obviously part of that five game win streak to start it was the win in Milwaukee you know but besides that wins against Indiana wins against the Timberwolves wins against uh, the Trailblazers and Wizards um, and they get a couple days off before uh, going to Cleveland on Wednesday I mean they're just they're doing what they should be doing as far as beating these teams that uh, frankly aren't as good as them Um, you know one of those games obviously the Pacers was a lot of back and forth we touched on that last week but um you know the game against the Blazers they only led for 1.1 seconds of that game and they won um not, not every day you see that I don't think I've ever heard that um so Joel Embiid hits the mid range you know go ahead basket with a second left to give the Sixers their first lead and they end up winning 120 to 119 just a fantastic um finish to that one and the resolve to come back from down a lot um, so that one obviously, you know, said a lot about what the Sixers were able to do uh, to get that win, and then uh, tonight against the Wizards Sunday night to improve to forty-five and twenty-two on the season. Uh, strong, strong record. Again, thinking back, you know, a month ago or two months ago. I mean, they've been hot for a while now, but um, who would have thought we'd be forty-five and twenty-two at this point in the season? So, uh, pretty good pretty good. So what did you see this week that caught your eye? A player, a, a game that's, you know, obviously the Trailblazers game was a thrilling ending, but uh, what else?
1: Yeah, the Timberwolves game, they absolutely beat the brakes off the Timberwolves. James Harden didn't play, so that's a great sign when you can win games without one of your best players. 117-94 was the final score. Maxi was huge in that game. He had 27 points, and beat Hedda. Meh. Thirty nine, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy, of course, nothing crazy, of course. Absolutely, torch Rudy Gobert in that game as well, and that's this at this point in the season. Those are the games; those are the kind of games you want to win. Just kind of beating up on those middling teams, especially in the Western Conference. Timberwolves, they're they're just, I know a lot of people are are higher on them than, on them than I am. They don't have Carl Anthony Towns. They're still the 7th seed in the West. So it's pretty good, but still, I mean, they're 500 right now. They're 34-34. and 34. That's average. That's average. And even with Towns, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made. But nonetheless, Sixers win. Add on to that win streak. That was the third straight win there. Yeah,
0: that was an impressive one. Um, you know, there's been a guy who both last week and this week, who's maybe finding his groove a little bit in, uh, in, uh, McDaniels. Um, he he exited the game early tonight, just a hip bruise, I think. Uh, so nothing too serious there, but, uh, what's your, what's your thoughts there on, uh, you know, just the impact that he has had and, and what that means and why you're hopeful or why you're doubtful. I'm assuming you're hopeful for what that means future, but, uh, why, why, (laughs)
1: Very well. And yeah, I've been pretty high on McDaniels ever since the six was traded for him. I truly believe that he's exactly what this team needs and what this team needed, especially off the bench. He can score. He can He really can do everything and everything that a modern role player should be able to do. He can do all of those things at varying levels, but still he can do all of them very well. And a lot of people want him to start. I'd rather see him come off the bench. I think the the Sixers need that off the bench. I don't think they need that starting because Tucker, Harris, I think they're fine in their starting roles. I think the Sixers need what McDaniels brings off the bench. They've lacked it all year, and a guy like that is really valuable off the bench come playoff time. Now, he has started a couple games in the absence of Harris and Tucker, I believe, in – I forget which game it was – yeah. But either way, he is a guy that has been tremendous for the Sixers team. That twenty-point game he had, I believe that was against the Pacers, was a big, was a big stepping stone for people realizing how good he is and the the kind of player that he can be. And I think that's only going to continue. And I think he's, I think he's a fantastic player.
0: Well said. Well said. Um, someone else who. Believe it or not, and I would I would argue that the two of us here on Planet Seventy Six don't talk about him enough. Is Joel Embiid? Believe it or not, I feel like we just don't talk about him. You know, enough.
1: it's <laughs> kind of funny you say that because I kind of agree. Because <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's Joel Embiid. I mean, I kind of agree. But, so why do you yeah. why
0: do you think that is? Just because it's it's he does what he does.
1: I just <laughs> it, and it sucks, but I just think it's because we. What he does, we have kind of. I don't want to say gotten used to it because that just sounds. That just sounds so
0: disrespectful. But it's it's close to we've, that.
1: <laughs> we've kind of just. I don't know how to put it. It, it. I I understand it in my in my brain in my mind, <laughs> but I can't quite put it into words. I just think we've seen all not everything from him. But I've just seen I think we've just seen so much from him that it's kind it kind of goes without saying at this point. We kind of we're all as a collective unit we all understand what Joel Embiid is. We all understand the player he's become and it kind of just It kind of just goes without saying. We we understand how great Joel Embiid is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all you know, here on Planet 76, we're going to give our, our take and opinion on things that, um, you know, people might not be in full agreement with necessarily, or, yeah, oh yeah. you know, some opinions that, you know, could have another side to it. There is no other side, if especially if you're a Sixers fan and you watch the team, to, yeah. to Joel Embiid and understanding what he's doing uh, and the performance that he has been having and just the player that he is and the impact he has on the team. Like, you know, there, there's nothing there to debate. And so sometimes it's just, it's funny. Like, So I'm just looking at numbers. I mean, he's won, what, at least one player of the month this year, maybe two, um, you know, for the Eastern Conference. But he looks like he's on his way to another one. You know, we're midway through March, and Joel Embiid is averaging 37.2 points a game in the month of March. Um, You know, February was kind of a down month, only averaged 31 points a game. Only (laughs) 31. Um, (laughs) Yeah. January averaged 35 points a game. December averaged 35 points a game. Um, you know, he's, he's on his way to another scoring title back to back. Um, and again, the, the, the play he makes against, against Portland to win the game with the, you know, what, what center does that? Um, you know, makes a move like that, get the ball in his hands, iso for him, let him hit a turnaround jumper. Um, he's just remarkable. And he, and he plays on both ends, as we know. And, um, yeah, it's it like you said. It's really it is hard to kind of put into words, um, what he's doing and 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 why we don't necessarily talk about it. It's, yeah, it's because we kind of expect it, but it's also just because he's not the problem, if we can say it that way. You know, a lot of times we'll come on here and we want to diagnose the problems or talk about how the Sixers can get better, or do better. Um, I don't, you know, there's not much Joel Embiid can do better, and so um, you know, he's one constant that's there. His health has been <clears throat> great this year. Uh, you know for the most part so he's just chugging right along and you love to see the way he's playing I mean the month of March is you know again he's had incredible performances in other months but this month he's shooting 60% from the floor he's, he's I mean he is it's just, really, it's just, really really is playing ridiculous. well he's
1: averaging he's averaging 17 points in the first half of the season Wow
0: yeah 17 in the first half in the month of March he's getting to the line almost 14 times a game Um you know he had he had a ten assist game against Milwaukee. Uh, he's just really, really, really playing at an incredible level, and you didn't think it could get better over the last couple of years, and yet, you know, arguably he's playing better than he ever has right now. It's just
1: it's just unbelievable. You 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 think you you don't think he can do anything more. You don't think he can add any more to his game, but. For as great as he was scoring the ball last year, I mean, he literally won the scoring title. For as great of a scorer as he was last year, he's gotten even better this year. And a lot of it comes down to, obviously, shooting more. But I think he's just been able to just take the scoring to another level. It's just... It is just absolutely unfathomable, honestly. He's only... He's only taking 0.9 more field goals this year, and he's averaging three more points so far. So he's obviously making more than he was last year, but it's just it's just unbelievable. Like, you you don't... A player like Joel Embiid has never... We've never seen a player like Joel Embiid ever, and I don't know if we're ever going to see a player like Joel Embiid again.
0: Well said. Well said. Um, and then you think about... You know, a lot of talk around the NBA has always been around NBA duos. And you think about the year James Harden is having. Um, so we have the, the guy who's leading the NBA in points per game. We also have the leading assist man in the NBA. James Harden's at 10.8 mm-hmm. per game. And it seems like, you know, <clears throat> again, he had a 20-assist game the other day. He had 14, I think, tonight against Washington. Yeah. And he's just really, really getting it done and, you know, being the driving force for this offense. And he's, he's, he's scoring when he has to score. He had a big performance. Um when against obviously against Milwaukee. Um yeah, gosh, he had thirty eight against Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. He
1: had seventeen in the fourth quarter.
0: Seventeen in the fourth. He had twenty seven again in the loss against Dallas. You know, he, he's getting his own. Um, you know, at fifteen shot attempts a game, uh, you know, over the last six or seven games and you just like to see what he's doing. He's averaging over eleven assists per game in the month of March. So um what do you think that does? Again, there's a lot of talk about duos. This is, this duo is healthy, and you know we're we're hoping that they're going to be healthy over this last stretch of the regular season and go into the playoffs well rested and all of that fun stuff. But what does that do for the Sixers to know that this duo, James Harden, Joel Embiid, is playing uh, the way they are, and and what can that mean moving forward? Well, I think it's
1: it's something they can they can lean on, they can rely on. Embiid and Harden have been a constant this year. They've been the probably the most consistent piece of this team has been Harden plus Embiid. And obviously, individually, they've both been consistent. But them two, when it comes to the two-man game between them and the way they have been able to create so much offense for this team, that's, the Sixers have had that all year long. And I think come playoff time, that's something they're going to be able to rely on. When I mean, things aren't going, you know what? Let's get a Embiid Harden and pick and roll. Let's get, sure, an even inverted pick and roll. I never. I don't know if they've ever done that. Harden screening for Embiid and rolling. And why not? Let's go. It's possible, but, like, even even Harden as a role man, I mean, that's... They, they both generate so much defensive attention that it can go both ways, and they can still generate some high-percentage offense, and... Especially, you know, the cliche of, oh, the game slows down in the half court in the playoffs. Well, the Sixers have a half court guy. Hmm. They have Maxi even, to throw in that mix. They have a guy you can give if you need a jumper. I mean, Embiid's been that guy. We know that. We've talked about that on here. But Harden is that guy, too. And that makes the game so much easier in the playoffs when you really need a jumper, when you really need a guy to get a bucket. That, that that's some that's huge. That, that that's something that, that this team can really really rely on.
0: Right. That's a really good point, and I hadn't thought about that. You know, obviously, I mean, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, all the analytics and all all that yeah. fun stuff. But Sixers aren't a, aren't certainly aren't a particularly uh, fast team. You know, they're no, they're, they're more than capable of slowing it down. And, uh, you know, getting a bucket in the half court, and as you mentioned, that happens in the playoffs, and so that should bode well for a team that is good at that during the regular season. Um, And, you know, getting to this talk about NBA duos and all of that, Um, there there are duos that are really, really good, certainly in the NBA – But this one, as you noted, like, they play well together, you know, because there can be really talented NBA players on the same team that, yeah, cohesiveness, um, that play good whether or not the, you know, regardless of what the other one is doing, whether they're on the floor and kind of, you know, they go get their own, um, you know, like LeBron and Dwayne Wade. Like, they, they weren't running a whole lot of plays for each other kind of thing. Like, they're both more than capable on their own, but what you see with James Harden and Joel Embiid is how much better they make each other because of that pick and roll, because of um, James Harden's just incredible ability to find someone and find Embiid and find matchups. and um, So they really, as good as they are individually, I don't think there's other duos in the NBA that match up to them when it comes to making each other better uh, in that way. And it's really, it's a tough, tough, tough task to be able to to stop them. Um, And again we think about the playoffs last year they only had 20 regular season games to figure it out. You know, they've had a whole regular season under their belt now and uh and then some. So, you know, the hope is that it'll be it'll be a really tall task for whoever they're going to see in the playoffs. Speaking of that. So, um I guess you could say that Sixers are chipping away a little bit. I think at the start of last week they were four back in the East. Now they sit at three back in the East behind the Bucks who are 48 and 19. Uh, Boston 47 and 21, and Sixers 45 and 22. So, all three of those teams within three games of each other. Uh, Milwaukee coming off a loss. Sixers again winning five straight. So, um, yeah, still a ways to go with, uh, gosh, how many games left? Not many. Not many games. About, about,
1: about 15, actually. 67, 67 games right. for the Sixers. Yeah,
0: 15. So. So 15 games left for the Sixers, three games to make up, um, you know, if they want a shot at the one seat. So obviously mm-hmm. they're going to stay hot because you're not going to count on Milwaukee to go six and nine right. or something like that. You know, Sixers are going to have to go 12 and three or something just to maybe have a chance. They have the largest um, win streak in the East. Right, right. No. So um, thoughts there. I know we, we harp on it every week, but it's really important. What's your – again, they're chipping away. They're one game closer than they were last week, and that's what you have to be, yeah. so –
1: they yeah, have a they think, have a
0: game with Milwaukee coming up, you know, early April.
1: Yeah, I do think that and the Sixers have actually played less games than mm-hmm. the Bucks and the Celtics. Right. Actually they well the Celtics have only played let me do some quick math here. Oh, they've played three more games than the Sixers. No, they haven't. They played one more. The Bucks have played uh, can I... Cannot do Michael Math anyway. Forget about that. Sixers, (laughs) the Sixers do need to continue winning. They they can't afford too many bad games anymore. This is this is the time of the season where these games really do matter, and that's the importance of winning those easy games in the regular season, because a time like this where you're down, where you're back three, you could be back one and a half or two or whatever. And then you're back three. And it's not the worst position in the world to be in, because it's still only three games with still lots of time to cover that ground. You just have to hope that the Bucks maybe lose a game here or there. Celtics had a bit of a had a bit of a skid a couple days ago. They've lost three straight. Well, they've won since then, but they lost three straight. And if you can beat the Celtics and Bucks again, second round two. In, in about a week and a half or so, or you said beginning of April? Mm-hmm, yep. Beginning of April, that, that's huge. You control your own destiny there. I, th- I said it a couple episodes ago, too, but you control your own destiny there. You beat the teams that you need to jump in the standings. It's right. huge. It's huge.
0: Yeah, right, and, and the reality is it's, you know, with— with So the Bucs and Sixers each have 15 games left. The Celtics have 14 games left. The reality is with the way those teams are playing and, you know, the trajectory of how many losses they could get could have over 14 or 15 games. The Sixers have to win the games that they play, they play yep. against the Bucks and Celtics. They have yep. won a piece coming up against those teams. And so those are key. And, um, you know, I think if you look ahead a little bit for the Sixers in the pursuit of, you know, that one seed in the standings, uh, the, the road trip they have coming up is going to be massive, you know, mm-hmm. end of March um so they have three straight road games coming up all winnable cleveland charlotte indiana uh then they have a home and home with chicago and then they go on the road for a few more golden state phoenix and denver i think that three game stretch is pretty uh Massive. pretty important if they Massive. can survive that and still be around you know for the home stretch coming with seven games left or so i think that uh you know who knows maybe they'll make some noise and get Get to the top of the standings because again, after that, they do play Milwaukee, Boston back to back Sunday the second and Tuesday the fourth. Um, so if that's not uh, key there, I don't know what is. So um, all right, any other thoughts on uh, the Sixers? Or what, I mean, what's your what's your talk thought on like the rotation as it is right now and Paul Reed getting the minutes um, that he's been getting? Um, do you think Glenn's figuring it out? Hopefully. Listen, I hope
1: so. Because what he's been doing with the rotations past few weeks has been good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's got somebody else talking in his ear saying, hey, do this, do that, or if he's coming to these decisions himself. I'm hoping that he is because it's been very good, very okay with that, especially with Paul Reed, especially Jalen McDaniels. So let's hope it stays that way. Dwayne Dedman did play tonight, actually, and – yeah weirdly enough he looked okay he actually didn't look that bad i'm not sure if you saw it was a probably a two or three minute stretch yeah, I saw
0: that he got a few minutes right he
1: had this one really nice hook shot hmm. from about probably i don't mean how many feet it was five or six feet away like a kind of a kareem skyhook <laughs> a mini skyhook yeah. it was beautiful great move and then he had another nice pass to Corkmaz, a wily like, old vet. Yeah, like a wraparound pass to Corkmaz. I was yeah. very thrilled by that. Okay. But still, I don't think that's actually the player he is. Right. But right. A little so I'm just kind of if hoping If he can that get in, kind of. right.
0: If he can get in and have a couple minutes every game and do that yeah. for a couple minute spurt, then that's good. You if know, you I get think, a chance, um, go see, go watch okay. that. You you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> I got to. I got to. Yeah, I think the hope if he sees any floor at all in the playoffs is that it's very situational, very like, okay, we need a vet uh, right now to go do something specific for a couple minutes, Bert. Uh, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Um, I do have a question though about one guy who, you know, kind of hit or miss in the rotation. I think his minutes vary more than more than most on the Sixers team. And we'll finish with this, but uh, Shake Milton. Mm. So he's had a couple couple games lately where he's played well um you know had 15 against indiana had 30 minutes he played 22 minutes against minnesota Um, now again there's some been some guys out and missing you know in the rotation with guards and things like that but um if if this team's healthy which we we hope that we're going to be we plan on being healthy heading to the playoffs where is his role in in roughly how many minutes because again there's minutes where he gets two minutes there's there's games where he gets 25. What do you, what do you is there a magic number for Shake in the playoffs or is he very situational?
1: I love Shake Miller and I've talked about him in length on this show. Yes, you have. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know it's the hard. answer because he's been very streaky this year. He's had a lot of opportunity, but he's been he's been streaky and it's kind of concerning to me because He's a guy that you should be able to rely on. Maybe not rely on, but he's a guy that you should be able to throw in the rotation and have him be productive. But I just don't know. He's he's he hasn't been the player that I've seen him be and that we've seen him be. So, that's kind of concerning to me.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, and, and I think a lot of that might, again, just be due to the inconsistent minutes he gets. And, yeah. Um, you know, again, we see him play 30 minutes against Indiana, the most he had played in quite some time, yeah. I'm sure, and he had 15 on a decent, um, you know, shooting percentage. But it's hard because, again, playoff time, you especially, you know, you start to really crack down your rotation. I mean, they might play nine guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think yeah. shakes the 10th, right? So. <laughs> He's probably the 10th. If there's another guard, he's definitely the 10th. But if they're going to play 9, which I don't think is very far fetched, you know, there might be some garbage time at the end of some games in the playoffs because there can be blowouts where you get a 10th, 11th, 12th guy yeah. in. But a lot of times, right, you go you go 9, meaning that the 4 off the bench, if Maxi starts, is going to be, you know, Melton, McDaniels, Niang, and, and hopefully Paul Reed, uh, which I'm not mad about, but. I mean, shakes a bucket sometimes, but again, to your to your point, his inconsistency—you know—how much can you rely on that in the playoffs? And so, you know, pun very much intended here, but uh, if need be, I would like for him to get a fair shake uh, in the playoffs if if he's given the <laughs> opportunity. So. Uh, we'll see what happens again. I, I think if I think if there's a need, I think if Melton's struggling or if Maxi's not very mm-hmm. efficient, you give those minutes to Shake. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, you know. He's proven. I mean, he, he tried to keep us in a playoff game last year all single-handedly. So um, I think it does largely his role. Uh, long, long, long story, long rant, short. His role very much depends on the guys ahead of him um, to see if he can he can snag some minutes there. So that's Definitely. my take there on Shake Milton.
1: Definitely, I agree.
0: All right. All righty, that's Planet 76. Again, we're recording Sunday, March 12th, episode 88. Sixers get a couple days off before heading to Cleveland on Wednesday to face the Cavaliers, who are five or so back of them in the standings in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Should be a good one. And then, uh, again, some more road action ahead for the Sixers. So, again, Cleveland, Charlotte, and indiana pacers and then followed by home and home with chicago so cleveland charlotte indiana and chicago twice and we'll be sure to come back and break all that action down on planet 76 we'll see you next time if you are a philadelphia 76ers fan this is the podcast for you Planet 76, a weekly podcast covering all things Philadelphia 76ers. We'll see you next time.